1: Travel with these two longtime friends, Jimbo and 80s E, as they attempt to explore the fifth dimension. Follow along with them as they take the key and unlock the door to the vast space between shadow and substance. This podcast is one of trivia, of insight, and of sounds and ideas from one of the greatest television shows ever produced. You are embarking on a timeless journey. There is your signpost up ahead. You are entering the Tragedy of Cinema's Twilight Zone.
0: all right guys we've made it we have made it to the tragedy of Cinemas twilight zone tragedy show the Uh, tragedies the tragedies (laughs) uh for those of you that know we are big office fans in this uh podcast world so uh we kind of took their dundies and made them the tragedies and uh you can go back and listen to our main episode uh of those from a year or two ago with uh terrence and i did so eric here we go we are going to talk about everything and anything season one give out some awards uh top 10 list uh Best Actor Performance in Season 1. Best Actress Performance in Season 1. Um, the Best Use of the Shadow and Lighting. And the Best Twilight Zone Twist Okay, um, are the ones that I have come up with. If you have any as we go along the way, we can talk about those. Yeah. So where would you like to start, Eric? Would well, you like to start with the uh, top ten list? Or would you like to start giving out individual awards?
1: Well, I'll start with the, the season, uh, the Twilight Zone Season 1 wrap-up. I will give the final list of reruns... As they actually aired in the summer of 1960, so this would have been because
0: they didn't run all of them again, correct? No, uh,
1: there were 11 episodes actually that ran during the summer of 1960, and uh, actually this list was you know altered and edited and was sent back and forth between you know Buckhout and I think and Matheson and all those guys, all the directors and Rod, they all had input and they. You know, they sort of made a rough draft, and this was the list that they finally came up with. A lot of it, I think, had to do with their sponsorships because I'm seeing General Foods and uh, Kimberly Clark a lot in, in here. I don't uh, – do you know how that sponsorship worked? Was there, Were their products placed? I don't – notice that's, any product placement in any of Not that I episode, know of. But maybe it was just like the, the general sponsors that ran the majority or contributed the, the most.
0: Well, you always seen Rob with a cigar or cigarette. Yeah. You know, so maybe something like that. But other yeah. than that, that's the only product placement that I could. Yeah. Unless it's in there somewhere. Yeah. And, and I, I just, just don't recognize it.
1: Right. Yeah. All right. So these are as follows. I'll just run down the list. of J- July 8th, 1960. Time enough at last. July 15th, 1960, was preempted due to the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> so, obviously, the, the the election in November of 1960, which... Who won that election? Was that John... Was that John F. Kennedy that won the election? No, uh, yeah, because he was assassinated. I'm not 63. that old, Eric. Yeah, so <laughs> that was the uh, 1960 election. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. July 22nd, 1960, uh, was third from the sun episode. And July 29th, 1960 walking distance episode July, uh, excuse me August 5th 1960 and when the sky was opened and I'd have to be reminded about that episode because it's slipping my mind what happens the plot of that episode
0: ain't that the one where um, the people are trying to escape uh, the base remember uh, I think all the uh, people are trying to escape the base the two families oh, meet and yeah. then they're they're going to the air force right they get stopped or whatever yeah. I think
1: yeah I think you're right yeah yeah um, August 12th, 1960 was The Hitchhiker. That was uh, a good one. August 19th, 1960, The Last Flight. Hmm, interesting that that made the top 11 for Rod and the crew. Trash. Keep going. All right. <laughs> okay. uh, we'll see
0: our, see our episode of that because that's one of our experience. I'm sure it's in his top 10 list. I can almost guarantee It you. might be.
1: August 26th, 1960, <laughs> The Monsters are due on Maple Street. Uh, September 2nd, uh, The Four of Us Are Dying. Uh, September 9th, A Nice Place to Visit. September 16th, The Lonely. And September 23rd, finally 1960, Execution. Another one that snuck in uh, about the cowboy who goes back in time. And the professor from Gilligan's Island. I can't remember his name. Isn't that episode? I liked it. Jimbo hated no, it. No, it was terrible. It was okay. Um, but those are your uh, 11... I think there's 11. I counted twice.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this. There's only probably three of those that made my top ten list okay. that are on okay. there. So. To each his own. So do you do you want to discuss anything from any one of those episodes, or do you want to
1: go ahead and just give your... No,
0: we'll just go ahead and uh, we'll we'll just discuss balance our, right.
1: um, our numbers. And line.
0: I know that we'll probably have some that are on our list. Um, uh, we'll probably have some on the same top ten list. Yeah, of course. But they'll be over. in different places. So yeah. um, uh, just do the one that you put in like your top 10. I'll do the one I do in my top 10. Then if we use, you can say your thoughts when you get to yours on that list or vice versa. So Okay. All right. So this is the top 10 list of the tragedy awards of the top 10 uh ADZ's list and my list. And let us know on Facebook whose list you like better or if you didn't like either one of us. So or what you would have put as your top right. 10 list. Send it to us. So ADZ, give me your number, number 10.
1: Well, you guessed correctly earlier. My number 10 is The Last Flight. And the reason why I liked the episode was because it... And I talked about this when we uh, covered the episode. I like the story of redemption. Uh, there are parts, of course... I mean, we just got done doing the Mighty Casey. If you're going to critique an episode by how corny it is, there are corny parts in The Last Flight. But the overall theme, I liked it. And I've said it before, I like the time travel aspect of you know, most of the episodes. And I I like the fact that that guy went back and... You know, sort of sacrifice himself so the other... I can't even remember the character's names, but how he could move along in in time and and live a life. The colonel could, you know, go forward and live his life normally. But yeah, I like The Last Flight at number 10.
0: Um, I want to throw out this honorable mention. Um, So this is basically my number 11. 11. Yeah, my honorable mention would be A World of His Own, which we just did last one because... um, basically when rod inserted himself at the end of the episode i thought that was very fantastic Mm -hmm. so here we go my number number 10 10, what's happening? nightmare as a child that was a good one i thought it was a really good one i thought that little girl was creepy um, she did a really good job of acting and then there was some underlying issues with that um, because we didn't know exactly what all happened to that girl um, yeah the child could, abuse the issue the child abuse and all that when that guy came in to Marky. kill her mom and all that right. Her name, yeah. right? name um, I just thought that was a really well done episode it was kind of dark but it, it left it open to interpretation yeah. without pushing the envelopes as far as they could have um, so that is my number 10 nightmare as a child which was episode 29
1: Yep. ok number 9 for me would be the monsters are due on Maple Street. Uh, I thought the the, the overtones of um, I, I just like I don't want to give it away. Well, I guess I could, but I just liked it in general. I liked the message, um, the whole subliminal, uh, you know, the consciousness of man, like, and how we it can influence people by our words and our actions, and. and and all the things that surrounded that, um, and yeah, the psychological aspect of, you know, you got prejudice in the episode as well, and, and it touches on a lot of subjects. I know that Rod was, he could do it in a way that he didn't have to come right out and slap you in the face with it, but it was very understated, and I thought that was, I thought that was a great episode as far as writing it was concerned.
0: All right, my number nine. Um, It's one we've recently done, is the After Hours, uh, episode 34. I think the um, acting as that is really good. I like the movement of the camera. I like the shading. I like the mannequins. I like everything about that. Um, Anne Francis did a really good job in that episode, especially the part where um, the end when she finds out that she's a mannequin, you know, mm-hmm. when they're talking, she's kind of sad. And her her hands come up just like you would see a mannequin, and they just stop there. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they did that shot was amazing. Um, so my number nine, I give The After Hours, which was episode number 34
1: all right um, number 8 for me on the list was The Fever again I I thought the acting um, was his name Claire I should have researched I probably should have done a little better job of no people can go back and listen to the actors her, names and, and their characters name uh, I thought I had a good message and, and how um, greed. you really didn't like that one though when we were I doing didn't. it I didn't it grew on me the greed um, the aspect of how greed can overtake you and eventually can kill you mm-hmm. um it's a vice, and you know the seven deadly sins angle, or whatever you want to. And I thought the, the 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 man who played the the main character, and again I apologize, his name slips my mind, did a really good job of um, the his portrayal. And uh, you know he's a really harsh, crass man, and he just gets sucked in. And he's a holier than thou kind of guy, and he's really self righteous in his in his character, and he's constantly putting his wife down in the episode, and I thought it was a really good, it was a really good moral to, this, to the story, and, um, yeah, it had some uh, sci-fi undertones with a, you know, a slot machine coming to life, and and so on and so forth.
0: Oh uh, so Yeah, he day. was, uh, he played Franklin, but it was Everett Sloan.
1: Edward Sloan, yeah, you know, played Franklin, yeah. I yeah. thought he did an outstanding job. Um, so that is my number eight, is The Fever
0: all right my number eight is probably going to surprise you um i you know when you sit back and you look at the twilight zone over um the whole season um there's just some that stick with you more than others for different reasons and my number eight is perchance to dream um the reason i think is because we actually had to record that like four or five times (laughs) and every time we would record we'd find something new about it yeah um it's like, the, you know, the lighting where he uh, goes to sit down in the office and you can tell that he, the lighting changes and he wakes up and, and he's in this other world. Um, uh it was Edward Hall, I think was his name, uh, where he mm-hmm. played, uh, by Richard Conti, um, you know, and then you had uh, Maya or Miss Thomas, who was the uh, secretary of the Susan Lloyd, and I think it just had a really good Twilight Zone twist at the end, too, that the secretary was actually the lady that was trying to kill him in his dreams and he ends up jumping out the window, so... Uh, perchance to dream i thought it was really well done and that was episode nine yeah uh, my number what are we on number seven. seven my number seven would be
1: uh walking distance um that made the number seven i thought uh martin sloan you know the, the story is of a well he was like a an executive right and he's about 35 years old and he he, his car breaks down it's been a long while since we've actually covered that one mm-hmm. and uh, he kind of goes back in time into his old neighborhood and around his, his, his family he doesn't recognize him and you know he struggles with you know kind of finding the meaning of his life and he's kind of caught up in the, the hustle and bustle and the grind of the life that he lives now and again, it just had you know kind of that moral of going back and really evaluating what is important in life, and not getting caught up in sort of you know the the life that he was in at that time, and placing more importance on. And of course, it had the time travel element too as well. <laughs> you and I, your time I always, travel, yeah, I always like that. So uh, it always usually ranks pretty well too in, uh, on other lists, and. Um, So, yeah, uh, and, and of course, Ron Howard is in it as a a little boy in it. And, um, yeah, so I think I'll go with uh, Walking Distance for number seven.
0: All right, my number seven is probably going to be a surprise to you again, too. Um, It's one that I really didn't care for when we did it, but the more you think about it, especially up against other stuff in season one, um, it, it stands up, and that is The Purple Testament.
1: Oh, really? Um, that yeah. is a surprise uh, to me.
0: Episode 19, um, just the whole um, Lieutenant Fitzgerald with Captain Riker um, and Gunther, uh, just the, um, it left a lot of questions that needed answering at the end of the show. Yeah, like, could you Like, uh, could he have done something different? Or, would, like, if he would have stayed, was he going to die? If he got in the car, was he going to die? Um, you know, so it, I don't think it really mattered which way they would have went. They were going to die. Either it's a, a missile coming that way, the Jeep getting blown up, um, just the, the elements of seeing the different glowing on the faces and the struggle that that guy had of knowing, hey, we go out, this guy's not coming back. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really good episode. So uh, number seven, The Purple Testament, which was episode number 19. Um, uh, moving on to number six, I selected The Hitchhiker uh, for
1: my number six. Damn. Um, <laughs> That was just so ominous, uh, you know, with the lady's car breaking down and the the man that she sees along the way. Oh, the yeah. entire road trip, yeah, the, the hitchhiker, and then how he ends up. Uh, the, the The twist was really great on that episode, and how she was dead the whole time, and and really, you know, that one really took me along the episode, and really couldn't figure it out till the end, and how the man was, you know, ended up in her car, and yeah that that's just a really good one um, of course it helps that uh, i can't remember the i can't remember the actress's name now <laughs> but she was in a lot of other hitchcock movies i think yeah um, um she's very uh easy on the eyes too she's a, a beautiful <laughs> lady and uh, so yeah that that story really sucked me in and
0: i thought her acting was uh,
1: really superb in that in that episode
0: all right, number six for me, um, the monsters are due on Maple Street. Um, uh, Eric had already had that on his list. Um, just to see the struggles that the people went on. And then at the end, you see the aliens up there and like, look, all you got to do is just you know, cut off a little bit of their technology and they go at each other, yeah, you know what I mean? And exactly. then they, they place the blame so easily on other people. Um, it was really well done. Um, it just very creepy, like when the guy comes back walking down there and they shoot him. Because uh, he had went to go a couple of blocks over, mm-hmm. um, and then now he's a killer. Yeah. And then you're yeah. a killer. You did this. You did this. And then it, just, it was just it was chaos. Um, but you can learn a lot about what's happening in our world today for something like that too. Yeah. Um, so that was the number six. The monsters are doing on Maple Street, uh, episode twenty two. Okay. Number six. Number five, and this one moved
1: the most. Way up. It, it moved up the most category numbers, I guess. Uh, From the time that we originally did it, I'm giving you hints, until the time we actually completed the podcast, my perception did a complete 180 degree turn. Is it by something I said? Uh, Not necessarily. Well, yeah, I guess so. Some of the things that you said kind of turned the corner for me a little bit. But number five for me is mirror image. And it, it stars a uh, another beautiful lady in Vera Miles. Vera Miles. And yes, sir. I, I mean, my whole concept and all of the, I guess, the imagery and the symbolism, the things that you pointed out too, did help me to sort of solidify that episode is, you know, way better than what I was maybe giving it credit for. And again, just it was about <clears throat> the doppelgangers, and um, you know, what was his name? Paul. Uh, I think I have. Yeah, Paul Grinstead and. Uh, Millicent Barnes both have um, doppelgangers and we're almost like in this parallel universe and everything's taking place at this bus stop. And the acting by pretty much by every person in that episode was really good. And I thought the story was great. And yeah, there's just a lot of, yeah, do yourself a favor and watch that one because it's a really good episode. Oh, one other thing. One last note. A lot of times Rod took heat and he even addressed this because he didn't put women in a lot of starring roles, you know. He kind of mm-hmm. caught a lot of grief for that, and that's not the case for this episode. I mean, she, you know, Millicent Bar- or Vera Miles, Vera Miles, excuse me, as Millicent Barnes. I mean, she carries the thing, and it's it's really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, my number five is probably going to surprise you too. Um, it's probably not even in your top ten list, I would say, and it is one for the Angels. Okay, uh, episode two. Um, Edwin as Lou Brockman in this. He's just a good guy, um, perfectly played, uh, friendly neighborhood, uh, door-to-door salesman, uh, friends with all the kids, um, you know, and then tragedy strikes where uh, the little girl gets hit by the car and basically he's in a cell for his life uh, against the, uh, the angel of death. Um, and he mm-hmm. says she has to make it till midnight she'll we get through the clear or whatever, and he sits there and does that pitch, and he's selling the angel all sorts of stuff. You know, I need that. I need and that, too. And he takes
1: her place. And he it? takes her place yeah. at the
0: end and walks away, and I think that uh, Luke Bookman or Edwin did a fantastic job in that, so that's my number five one for the angels uh, episode two. Yep, my, uh, my
1: number three. Yeah, four. Uh, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Pardon me. My number four. Uh, on my list is where is everybody classic i don't really have much to say on that classic iconic episode number one. <laughs> First episode <laughs> even though it wasn't originally scheduled to be there was another episode i think we talked about it before that it was supposed to be scheduled as a number one episode but i'm glad they landed on this one you know it's an iconic scene and set i did we say that that particular courtyard was used in back of the future too? As well, Back to the Future. As well, oh,
0: I'm sure you probably put it in there since you're a big Back to the Future. I think yet. it was. I,
1: I may be mis, speaking, but yeah, uh, having you know waking up and having everyone on Earth disappear and the eerie. You know, feeling that you would have when no one is around and like the apocalypse and all of those elements that are tied into that episode, and then you know, the twist at the end. now you know, we come to find out that that is a psychological experiment done by the arm. I, yeah, I just it
0: has all the elements, it's classic uh, Twilight Zone, so that's why I put it at uh, number four. Uh, my number four is The Hitchhiker, okay, um, episode 16. I just think that Nan Adams, um, played by Inger Stevenson, uh, did a really good job in that, but. I'm more focused towards the hitchhiker, um, Leonard Strong. Um, I was watching this, I think I was laying in bed with my ear pods on. And as I'm sitting there, and there's a scene in there where she's driving away, and he just kind of jumps on the side of the screen, dude. And I jumped in bed. Yeah. uh, Scared me. Um, But he's just so creepy, and he's so well done. Um, And then you have the the helplessness of her where she's going around banging on windows and everything. Help, he's trying to get me. You know, he's following me. And he's like, yeah, just leave us alone. You know, we're trying to sleep and all that. So um, like you say, that uh, I could repeat everything you said, but I thought it was really well done, the hitchhiker. Uh, so now we're going into the nitty-gritties, baby, the top three. And I'm sure we're going to have some that overlap here right? Um, because there are two that I know are going to be in there. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So number give me your number three. three.
1: For me is um, the after hours. You've already mentioned it, aforementioned. Uh, again, it just has that creepy tones. And, and I won't, again, elaborate more because you, you really hit the nail on the head earlier. Um, the tones, the lighting, you know, the acting. Um, yeah, it, it has all of those elements. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was r- really well done. Again, another one that was would probably be characterized as a, an iconic episode. It's, it's one that's always, you know, brought up in the discussion and and I think it hits home for me again if I could just add my little two cents and spend like those that's the episode that you know when it brings back childhood memories that you know you were genuinely like afraid of if you are watching that in the dark if you know watching it for the first time and you don't know what's going to happen and the suspense that builds is yeah it's it's classic mm-hmm
0: well, number three for me is something you've already mentioned. Uh, Mirror Image, uh, episode 21. Vera Miles and that. It's just pro- outstanding performance. Um, this, though, I love the whole story. I love everything about it. Uh, I love all the characters in there, even the little people that are in the bus stop with her. Uh, the, the bus ticket guy plays an outstanding part. Yeah, yeah,
1: he does. And it's
0: something that I really like is that they can take something as simple as a little set like that with a couple benches and a counter, and a, an offset bathroom and put that performance together is outstanding. And it is really good episode. Definitely top tier of uh, Season 1. So, very good. That was Mirror Image, episode number 21. Yeah. And here we go, the top two, which we both number know what two. they are.
1: Yeah, I think we, we... I don't know what order they It might be an in inverted order for us, but number two is A Stop at Willoughby. Um, it easily could be number one, um, but I'm kind of sticking to my guns as I started out with... Uh, I won't give it away number one yet but uh, <laughs> don't worry I'm sure my James number Daly, two is your number James one James as Gart Williams ah man and then the dialogue that he has with Patricia Donahue Janie Williams uh, yeah I mean that is just some of the best dialogue that they have where he's conflicted about his job and he wants to he wants to quit or resign and he wants to he kind of escape his, his current life and the twist as well that is big huge twist is yeah, it's awesome at the end, and you know all of the elements are there. Um, yeah, I mean it's just yeah, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just one of my favorite, and yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome.
0: Well, my number two, we are going to have these in inverted order. Okay, um, so my number two is Time Enough at Last. Gotcha. Um, classic. I mean, you see this on every Twilight Zone list there is. Burgess Meredith gives the performance of a lifetime in this you really feel for this guy. Oh, yeah. His wife berates him so hard for the entire thing and all he wants to do is read. The guy loves to read. It doesn't matter if it's the newspaper. It doesn't matter if it's a book. Um, you know. And then you have the uh, sad thing where the atomic. he goes down to the safe of his bank where he works at mm-hmm. and the atomic bomb goes off basically and he comes up and everything is gone. Everything that he, his wife's gone, he's like, I don't know where my wife is. There's nobody here. But then he discovers that the library's still there and he's got all these books stacked you know okay he's like i got shakespeare here i got you know this person here plato here socrates here and you know he just looks very happy and content you know and then he sets on his glasses dude and all you hear him say is it's not fair Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's not fair i have all the time in the world but now i can't even do the one thing that i wanted to do when i had time Mm -hmm. heartbreaking Yep. but a great performance great performance so yep. that and, is my number two time enough last would,
1: which is episode eight yeah and I would dovetail that as my number one and yeah for all the things that Jimbo just mentioned I would echo those sentiments uh, and it, just one other thing and just had, in that particular time in 19 was 1959 during that episode I think you know you had the we, we talked about it like the Cuban Missile Crisis and all the things that were well not maybe not during 1959 but you know you had the cold war was in its highest point like politically and going on culturally and socially and and the end of the world and doomsday type you know that kind of permeated a lot of the early episodes of the twilight zone there were themes that were end of the world themes and yeah this one I think did it the best you know obviously and it, it, yeah the twist at the end is ama- I mean really it's almost a toss up between the, the two because that's one of your categories the greatest twist and we'll get to that in a second but time enough at last and a stop at willoughby those twists are man they're so great they're they're so close but yeah that that one made my number one and uh burgess meredith
0: well obviously that means my number one is a stop at willoughby it doesn't get much better than that Mm -hmm. um i think that is perfect writing i think it's perfect casting i think it's perfect dialogue everything you want the twist the thing I like about it is there wasn't only one twist. There was two twists mm. at the end of the thing because yep. number one is you have him on the train going back to Willoughby and you see that light the light swinging from the uh, train and then you look over and it's the cop where he has jumped off the train mm-hmm. and he has died. Mm-hmm. So basically going to Willoughby was the thing and then you have the second twist when the uh, hearse pulls up right. and what's it say on the back of the hearse, there It says Willoughby, Willoughby on the back of the hearse. So I just thought, you know... Willoughby and sons... Funeral, home, funeral or home or something or some like crematory it. or something, yeah. um, but that is an amazing, amazing episode. And, and and as you can tell, those two they could either go one or two. in oh, yeah. any, any way you look interchangeable. At it. Yeah, I, I I'd be happy with either one of them. Right. All right, Eric. So I want you to give me the, your tragedy for the best <laughs> actor performance from season one.
1: Um, I gave best actor um, to Burgess Meredith, which you've already told me that he, someone etched him out in your mind. I gave honorable mention to Cecil Calloway, who played Wickwire in the episode Elegy. I don't know what it is. Well, I actually saw him in a Jimmy Stewart movie. What was it? Oh, uh, about Harvey the Rabbit. Uh, Cecil Calloway plays a part in that movie as well, if you guys are interested in Cecil Calloway. but. He just was a great actor, I think. And, uh, yeah, I gave him an honorable mention because even though he had kind of... A, I wouldn't say it was a bit part. Well, I guess he kind of really carried a lot of the acting because those astronauts, I mean, they were okay as far as acting, their their dialogue and stuff. But, like, yeah, he kind of carried the acting, I believe, in the, in the episode, Elegy. So I gave him an honorable mention.
0: All right. Well, once again, I've... Um sitting back and looking at all the episodes I went with Ed Wynn as Lou Brockman in One for the Angels I think his performance on screen just there was just something about it um, the way he handled himself uh, I really enjoyed his performance I'm not saying there wasn't a lot of Burgess Meredith that did good too but I'm just saying just the way he, that he handled himself um, it's just something that stuck with me as mm-hmm. you watch you know you, you look at some of them you say you remember their performance some of them, like the guy that played him, Perchance to Dream, I couldn't even tell you who he was. You know, I mean, right. I remember the episode, but there's just something about Lou Brockman. You know, it sounds like a salesman. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I just think he did a really good job. So, all right, all right Eric, best actress, the tragedy for the best actress performance from season one.
1: Actress would be um, Vera Miles in Mirror Image. Absolutely, uh, that's exactly that who one. I had. Um, yeah, I mean, she's. Uh. Where I mean, it's, she's got book on, you know, movies. She was in, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, and she was a very established and very accomplished actress. Um, even before, I think, she came to The Twilight Zone. This would have been the late 50s, and I think she would already done a couple of, or at least in around that time, she had already done a couple of Alfred Hitchcock Uh, Movies, But, yeah, along with her beauty and her acting ability, yeah, I don't really think there's anybody that can touch her.
0: No, I think she – the one that probably came in the closest second is probably the lady from The Hitchhiker. Um, I would say she would have a a close second. Which she had a really sad story about how her life ended, too, in real life, yeah. Uh, So those two definitely – when they say that he only didn't give women very strong parts – those two right there are outstanding, oh, I yeah, think, absolutely. so I have to agree with you Veramiles. All right, Eric, the tragedy for the best use of shadowing and lighting.
1: I don't, I don't have anything on that. I really didn't consider it, so I'll, I'll listen to whatever you Well, have.
0: the one I went with was Perchance to Dream. Okay. I think that was the first episode that we really noticed a difference, because if you remember when he's laying on the couch mm-hmm. and you could see the color, the shadow just come over him just for a split second. And which signified that he was in the fifth dimension. Yep, you're right. Um, uh, another honorable mention would probably be uh, the after hours uh, with all the mannequins in the window with the, the, you know, the silhouettes. And then how they just came to life and started moving around. I thought that was really well done, too. Mm-hmm. So um, there was some wonky ones like an execution, you know, with the, the rope and, the, and right. the, uh, the noose on the mm-hmm. ground you seen And then he disappears. So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Perchance to Dream um since basically you didn't have one either so <laughs> yeah i didn't have <laughs> and the best twilight. twilight zone twist the tragedy for the best twilight zone twist eric
1: i think we'll probably be on the mark together on this one because it actually has two twists you've already alluded to yeah. it. a stop a stop it will be definitely um probably the the best twist
0: it's probably the best twist of uh, definitely of season one yeah um but it, such a good movie such a good movie um yeah. well that's our little uh wrap-up show um from season 1 um, what we're going to do is we'll be working on season 2 here in a little bit um, we're going to uh, of course do another wrap up show at the end of season 2 just for season 2 then when the t- time comes when we're done with the whole series we'll Ooh, do a tragedy of all time <laughs> for each category we might add some categories as we go along the okay. way I just thought this would be a cool way to show people our thought process what we thought of each them, because our top 10s were different um, not saying, th- th- okay, let's, have, let me ask you this one. Okay. Give me your two worst season one episodes. Uh, the Mighty Casey. Yes, definitely. And, well, I'd have to think about the second one for a while. I'll go ahead and give you my second one. My second one is the Big Tall Wish. The boxing mm-hmm. one. Okay. I just, I didn't think I that one was I terrible. couldn't get into it. Um, just, you know, when the kid goes running up to the TV, oh, bully, you gotta get up, bully. Bully, yeah. get up. You know? You believe what you can, and then he's like, if you don't believe, then you know he goes back in his lights. Sort turn of like, oh, right. I'm so um, I'm going to have to go with the big tall wish. That's
1: that's I would have said Mr. Beavis, but that has such a good moral. Yeah, good moral, and and boy, I don't know. I'd have to I'd really have to consider that, but definitely the Mighty Casey is. Yeah, Damn. it was by far and away my <laughs> lowest <old>. rated one. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to think of the other one, so I'd have to look them up, but. What about
0: you? Oh, you are Oh yeah, the big, big tallish tall 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 and, and what's mighty your Casey. Mighty okay. oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, an honorable mention—the one that I thought was really good. To neither one of us picked, but I think it's a middle of the road episode. What was the one where the guy, um, the guy's daughter fell in love with that school teacher, the professor, and he was actually uh, like a thousand years old or yeah, whatever from that ring um, or whatever. Um, I thought it was, it was like a historical figure, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in like all the history books uh, or whatever. You know, I can't um, think of that. I'd have to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm gonna throw those on a because there's a lot of episodes like that that are probably middle of the pack. You know, what I mean they're not they're good, but they're not top tier. I would say right. so. Um, that I think that's where our our time our our top 10 different that so. episode
1: was good with a lot of uh special effects too right how they did that at the end and then he turned into sand
0: do you want to give him the tragedy for the special effects for oh well i guess we could add another
1: category <laughs> i guess we need to find out what the title of the episode is we're unprepared here on the spot but
0: yeah i, I put eric on the spot with this one so um um yeah but uh yeah you wanna wrap that up? Yeah, it was called Long Live Walter Jameson. There and it that's is. That's what it was. Thank you. So. <laughs> that was gonna bug me. Long live Walter Jameson. Very good, Jimbo. Yeah, and that um the dad played a really good part in that too. Yeah, he did. So, well, there it is. That's the end of season one. I think season one's coming to a close, and that's a wrap on season one. And Eric, take it away for the final time of season one.
1: And this is a final
0: wrap and cut.